Welcome to Be Brave at Work, a podcast devoted to helping you take the next step in your workplace. Each week, we'll be talking with real people with real stories about things they have not said or done or have said or done in their workplace that required bravery. Let's get started. Hi, everyone. This is Ed Everts, and I'm the founder and president of Excellius Leadership Development. Welcome to Be Brave at Work, a podcast devoted to helping you take the next step in your workplace. I hope you'll listen to our past podcast conversations, and if you'd like to hear past episodes, go to BeBraveAtWork.com, subscribe to our podcasts, and learn some valuable lessons about bravery at work. My new book, Drive Your Career, Nine High-Impact Ways to Take Responsibility for Your Success, is now available in paperback, on Kindle, and in audio at Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, and any online book retailer you prefer. Check out Drive Your Career today. Our podcast today is sponsored by Cabot Risk Strategies. Based in Woburn, Massachusetts, Cabot Risk Strategies has created innovative and customized insurance strategies for individuals and families, businesses, nonprofits, commercial real estate, and public entities. Cabot's client base continues to expand both within the region and within the markets they serve. And if you are looking for customized insurance services and solutions, contact Cabot at 800-222-5963 or visit them for more information at cabotrisk.com. I'm really excited to introduce our guest today. Greg Ballard is the CEO at 5C Consulting, who works with and partners with strategic executives and senior leaders to create more adaptive, productive, and engaged organizations through leader-led conversations. And as guest of our podcast here, I think everybody knows how much I value the importance of this concept of conversations. Greg is a strategic people advisor to CEOs at companies with anywhere from 20 to $80 million in annual revenue. He's a sought after keynote and workshop speaker, delivering over 300 workshops. He's a leadership expert who's mentored over 250 leaders in his previous career, which I hope we will hear a little bit about. And he's an award-winning partner with Everything Disc and The Five Behaviors, another favorite model of mine. Welcome, Greg. Thank you, Ed. Glad to be here. We're thrilled you're here, and I did a little bit of a light introduction to you uh, for our visit, uh, our participants, and I'm just wondering if you could tell us a little bit more about how you are currently and actively connecting with the marketplace. Uh, thank you, yes. So, uh, a founder and CEO of a small boutique uh, consulting firm here in Northern Virginia, and like I said, like you already had introduced, we work with uh, various organizations uh, to help them improve leadership, connecting strategy to behavior is is really what we've been talking about. And so how do we help connect a strategic plan to actionable behavior that can be measured? And really diving into um, hard or ROI on what is typically considered soft uh, behavior. So we definitely look at thing through look at an organization through the lens of culture and we definitely looking at people. Um, and we're driving you know new behaviors to achieve uh, strategic goals. You know, in your intro, it mentioned something about leader-led conversations, and I just love that model that you describe or that behavior that you're articulating. Could you tell us a little bit more about conversation? Because I also believe when it comes to bravery in the workplace, the core activity is a conversation. It's you telling somebody something that you think they need to hear that might be difficult for them to listen to or acknowledge. And again, I'd love to hear a little bit more about what you think about when you think about conversations. Absolutely. So the, the leader-led conversation is part of the model we use uh, where we want to drive uh, behavioral change at scale. And so 
if I was to break this down very briefly for, for your listeners, when you start with a strategic change, whether that's the business unit level, divisional level, or corporate level, you've got to find a way to connect that change uh, to, to the organization. So to make it meaningful for the everyday worker, for the person coming in uh, at, you know, at the, the ground level, why they come in, why they do their job, and you're asking them to change behavior, you've got to find a way to connect that through a message, right? And uh, then the next thing you need to do is you need to kind of look at what are the major behavioral shifts that you're trying to, to, to make and, and just it's what we call chunk it down into a series of topics. And then once you have a topic, um, so for example, one of the ones I talk about a lot and we like to assess a lot and every organization has a different level uh, of psychological safety or trust, whatever that whatever that, that term is that you use in your organization, you know, we like to talk, take a look at that and say, hey, is this organization currently underwater with psychological safety or are they already above water with psychological safety? And once we get a sense of where they are, we can then kind of take where that is and build from there. So let me chunk, t- take this to the next step. So you have a strategic plan, you have a strategic a- objective, you can connect and, and get that that to resonate with the organization. You've car, you've chunked it down into a series of topics. One of them may be psychological safety. The next thing to do is to carve it into what we call leader-led conversations. And these are going to be standalone discussions that everyone in the organization can have with their direct reports within about a 60-minute period. And so rather than uh, going into an organization, bringing in a ton of outside people, uh, to you know, kind of stop operations, build these half and full day training sessions, uh, and then expecting new behavior. Rather than doing that, what we do is we bake it into your current operational program. Because most organizations, you ha- you are meeting with your direct reports in some kind of rhythm, right? Uh, maybe weekly or biweekly. There's some kind of rhythm where you're already connecting with them, and so we leverage that, and we design a module that can live inside our our platform, and then we construct a leader-led conversation. And this way, that module can carry into your meeting, into your peers' meeting, into your manager's meetings, to your direct reports meetings, and everyone's having the same conversation. So the primer is the same, the, the general format and the questions are the same, Absolutely, your conversation, your leader-led conversation is going to be unique because it's you and your team. And from there, we challenge everyone to make a commitment. And a commitment is going to be a, a, a behavioral change commitment that they're going to practice over the next four weeks. So leader-led conversations is a very specific thing that fits inside our, our, our process for strategic change. Well, psychological safety for our listeners is a key behavior that's needed, I think, in most organizations in order to be brave at the workplace. And I'm just wondering, Greg, and I'm sure our listeners are wondering, could bravery be one of these modules if an organization wanted people to be respectfully courteous to each other in ways that help them? You know, could bravery and the need to be braver at the workplace be one of these leader-led conversation modules? Absolutely. I think being brave uh, could be actually a topic and that could be carved down into a couple of different um, conversations to have, uh, you know, to explore that. I mean, one, defining bravery. You know, what does it mean to be brave at work? 
because in some cases, you know, just standing up and saying your opinion um, may feel like being brave, but it may not be the appropriate timing, the appropriate place or the appropriate voice uh, to do it, you know. So being brave, you got to define that and give some objective kind of qualifiers of what it means to be brave. But yes, the, the idea of psychological safety, to come back to that briefly, uh, this was discovered. There's actually two studies that have come up with very similar terms. So Google did a study on what makes teams successful, and they, they came up with five things. And the number one thing was psychological safety. And the way they define that is the ability for a team member to vocalize their perspective. Uh, without fear of retribution. And another uh, individual who came up with trust, uh, Patrick Lencioni, uh, the, the five behaviors of a cohesive team, he determined there was, there's five critical behaviors and the foundation is trust. And he defines it as a vulnerability-based trust, which means when you, can, you have the confidence that your colleague is going to take responsibility when they drop the ball they're going to take ownership of it. And they're going to say, hey, I dropped the ball. I didn't deliver what I agreed on. And there's a sense of this person can see the world the way I see it and can take ownership of their, 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 uh, their responsibilities. And to me, trust, in, as Lencioni defines it, and uh, psychological safety as the, the Google, um, I think it's called the Abacus uh, Project. Uh, I, think that's the, I think that was the name of it. They defined it. To me, they're, they're two sides of the same coin. And really what it comes down to is one's ability to, uh, A, acknowledge their contribution, whether positive or negative, and see it the way the team sees it. And then two, being able to authentically share your perspective without any fear of retribution. So I'm going to make a, a creative um, contribution to the team, or I'm going to critique somebody's behavior in light of the objective goal. And when I do that, it's not going to come back and hurt me. And, and so when, when there isn't psychological safety, being brave could be really damaging. Bringing something up that needs to be addressed, there could be, there could be something that comes back to you in your, in your work environment that you weren't expecting. And so this idea of culture and the culture you're in um, I think gives us a lens at which we can approach what it means to be brave. Well, I would love to talk about culture in a moment. And before we go there, you know, this impression or self-created belief that there may be a negative reaction or retribution to me being brave at work is significant. When we look at the obstacles that people articulate as to why they don't say something always respectfully, right? We don't uh, anticipate someone's going to hit another person across the head with a two by four, but you know they would be respectful and courteous in order to help them. You know, one of the things that they fear is this belief that it's not going to be received well, or they'll listen but get back at me at some point in some other way, less projects, less recognition, whatever it might be, and that seems to be significant for folks. Is this is this observations that you've seen, Greg, in the work that you do and in the clients that you've worked with? Absolutely. To, you know, in different environments, you're going to see you're going to see people look at things um, from a different perspective. So we've worked in some in some organizations where people are very comfortable being transparent and authentic and sharing exactly what they think, and and it and it being seen as a contribution. It's seen, being seen as this is who they are and they're adding to the conversation, and and there isn't any 
sense of they need to hold back or measure themselves or posture themselves in any way. And then there's other organizations where you know, you're going to hear exactly what that leader wants to be said. And so a, a little bit of a, uh, of, of a protection, of, again, of like, I'm going to just, I'm going to agree with the person in charge because they've learned that's the safest way to go. So it depends on the organization. But yes, both things do exist. And so in those situations where there are people who say what need to be said respectfully, I would hope, of course, uh, do you think, Greg, based on your experience, that that is specific to the person or do you think it's specific to the culture? So in other words, is it just that type of person who says what's on their mind and you know, if somebody wanted to criticize them, they might say that they're overly blunt and direct? Or do you think it's cultural in respect to the organization saying, hey, it's okay to help each other. It's okay to disagree. It's okay to have a spirited debate on a particular topic because our goal is to come up with the best answer. And the only way we're going to do that is not to have everybody to shake their head and agree with the boss, but for someone to say, hey, I think there's another way that we can do this. And I'd love to share that with this group. Yeah, I'm going to. Yeah. So I, and I think I get your question there. And I'm going to see it, it's a bit of both because there are people that are very outspoken. Um, I would tend to be one of them. Uh, you know, I can look in past roles, you know, regardless of the environment, I was very much, hey, here's what I think. Um, but I also was privileged to work with people, you know, and I had had direct supervisors and mentors that appreciated that quality. And so I tend to find organizations that honor that, that, that create that space, right? Um, as I've worked with clients, and I can say I see these things happening. And I actually just did a um, a full off a full offsite, kind of the first offsite post COVID, or maybe the midst of COVID, depending on how we look at this, um, with the leadership team. And there was just a tremendous amount of of uh, collaboration and just authentic communication. Now, the thing to take away from this is this group has been working together for 10, 15 years. And so there's a couple of new people on the team, but the existing team has been there for a very long time. And the, uh, the senior leader has been there for a very long time. So there's, a, there's kind of a maturity in that, in that particular team. And I, and I draw that out because as people work together longer and they can build that trust that, hey, this person's, this person's we're aiming for the same thing. We're on mission together. And so if they disagree with me or if they say something that doesn't line up with what I'm thinking or if they critique me, I have a high degree of confidence that they're saying it so that we can get better as opposed to them saying it to be political, uh, to advance themselves, to minimize me. You know? And so it, it all comes down to the motive. If we can understand that the motives of the people around us are to accomplish the mission, then we're going to be much more authentic and we're going to be able to share what we really think. If we are suspicious that people around us are going to, you know, try to be political, try to advance themselves, try to uh, diminish somebody else's work or to take credit for somebody else's work, we're going to be much more guarded and it's going to be challenging, a little bit more challenging to kind of show up in a very brave way. Well, I think a little bit about uh, what about your speaking is this idea of culture or environment and the importance that a culture or an environment that welcomes what you're describing and encourages people to speak candidly is important. What are your thoughts or observations around environment or culture, Greg? 
Uh, yes. So there's a few. I'll say this is that culture, there's two approaches to culture. And I'm not going to try to validate one over the over. I just want to, I want to acknowledge them both. And one is, you know, as if you're in a startup, it's, it's difficult to determine where the culture is going to go. But if you're in a fairly established organization and that core group from the startup are still there, you can basically trace back to their behavior and their attitudes towards it you know, to, to see how the culture is being shaped. And so if those that, that founder, that startup team embraces this idea of, hey, we want authentic communication and we don't want to put people in a position where they uh, are going to hold back and we're, we're not going to deal with people trying to be political and they really guide that culture with the way they behave. And it's and it's from within them, right? Um, I, I think that's the distinction I'm trying to make. You're going to see healthy culture grow out of that. But on the other side of the coin is if you see some uh, an organization that didn't really think about culture and uh, didn't really think about how they how, how how that was being formed, and and now they can look back and say, oh my gosh, there's a lot of politicizing. There's a lot of people trying to shift and 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 uh, manage egos and and vie for uh, for power. And there's fiefdoms that are growing. And then they're going to say, hey, we need to change our culture. And they're going to set out, hey, we want authenticity. And they begin to list the culture that they want. Okay, that's where it's going to become really challenging because you can try to build culture from an aspirational perspective, like we aspire to this, or you can acknowledge the inherent culture that you have and embrace that and allow your organization to just shape around the inherent culture that exists. And so those are the kind of the key distinctions I want to make here. And if you have the inherent culture where open conversation and psychological safety and trust collaboration, you're going to see bravery at work. You're going to see people being able to be creative, to say things that they see and, and, and bring up. I want to add another point here because my mind's kind of pivoting uh, to something is because being brave and being able to articulate, you know, something that's important to you, I think is a really, a really good thing and something that should be celebrated and, 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 um, uh, and rewarded and, and there should be gratitude when you have that environment. What I want to be careful is that just because you see something and you say something doesn't necessarily mean the organization needs to make a change on that. It doesn't mean that what, what you see is necessarily wrong, but you being able to have a voice and to be heard is the key thing. And so when they can say, hey, I hear you, we see that, and maybe you need to be open as the uh, as the contributor to understanding their perspective as well, and I know that maybe completely aside from what we've been talking about, that but this popped in my mind as something I think significant to this topic. Well, I think what you might be describing, Greg, is, and I believe it's in Patrick Lencioni's Five Behaviors of a Cohesive Team, that if everybody's voice is heard, uh, they are more likely to collaborate with the final outcome, even if it's not the idea that they shared, than if they were never heard from in the first place. Yes. something that you yes. said about saying and everyone hearing what it is I'm thinking that will allow me to collaborate more effectively. Yeah. And the way Lencioni will, will, will put it is like you, you can't have um, you can't be driven by consensus. 
because it's not worked. And so you have to have a decision maker. The decision maker doesn't always have to be the person in authority. Uh, it usually is, but it doesn't have to be. There needs to be a decision maker. And when you've gone through the process and you've deliberated, if you have shared what you need to share, uh, given your perspective, you know, discussed your logic, shown the numbers, created the business case, if you've put everything out on the table and everyone else on the team has as well, well, that decision maker gets to make whatever decision they think is best. And then the team has to move forward as one. And so, yeah, I think that's a fantastic example for what I'm trying to get at when we talk about just because you are brave and you speak up, it, it doesn't necessarily mean that, that leadership has to just do what you're, you think is right. The key piece is that they heard you and that they've respected your perspective. Fantastic, Greg. Well, thank you so much for your thoughts and observations about bravery at work. And certainly we are big fans of psychological safety and as well as the five behaviors of a cohesive team, because I believe those behaviors support the ability to be braver in the workplace from a cultural perspective. And I'm wondering if people have interest in speaking with you more or finding more about the business that you're doing, how can they get in contact with you? Well, thank you, uh, uh, Ed. And so the best way to, to find me would be through our website, 5C, that's F-I-V-E, letter C, dot consulting. Uh, or through uh, my LinkedIn page, uh, which is Greg Ballard, and then also email, which is greg at 5c.consulting. And are there five Cs? There are multiple lists of five Cs, and I kind of covered <laughs> one connecting strategy to behavior, but yes. Got it. You can cool. explore more of that on our website. Fantastic. Go to Greg's website and see if you can identify what the five Cs might be. Thanks again, Greg, for your time today. It was great speaking with you. Uh, thank you, Ed. Appreciate it. And to our listeners, thank you for joining us this week, and we hope you join us next week as we further explore being brave at work. We also remind you to subscribe to our podcast at BeBraveAtWork.com and our download and listen to our podcast on multiple online platforms. We are everywhere. Our podcast today was sponsored by Cabot Risk Strategies, whom you can reach at 800-222-5963 or visit them for more information at CabotRisk.com. And a reminder to check out my new book, Drive Your Career, Nine High-Impact Ways to Take Responsibility for Your Own Success, which is available in paperback, on Kindle, and in audio everywhere online. Do you have something to say yet are not saying it? Do you have something to do yet are not doing it? Now is the time to be brave at work. Have a great week.